Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 28 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. Minimalism, manifestation, abundance, mindset. If you've been hanging out in my corner of the internet for a while, I know that you've at least heard of these words before, but I also know that they can be super confusing if you haven't had a chance to really learn about what they mean or how to actually practice them in real life. So today I brought on an expert across all three of those fields, and she is going to explain them all and teach us how to apply each one in our own lives. Sound good? This week, we're hanging out with Elise Brodigam, who is the founder of Raw Alignment, a platform focused on empowerment and self-love. Elise established Raw Alignment in late 2014 after dropping out of college and moving to Hawaii. And in less than three years, she has gained over half of a million YouTube subscribers. It's no surprise that Elise's channel has exploded. Her subscribers often refer to her as the older sister they never had and say things like, it's so refreshing to watch Raw Alignment videos because I always walk away feeling motivated to take action towards my goals and the world would be a brighter place if more people lived the way that Elise does and I can definitely vouch for that. It is super true and just Elise's presence is so light and refreshing. The main messages she shares via social media is a concept that we are all worthy of abundance in every aspect of our lives. Amen to that. And in addition to following a primarily raw vegan diet, Elise is also an advocate for embracing our natural bodies, living simply, fitness, and of course, cultivating self-love. I can't wait for you to hear Elise's incredible story and all of the wisdom she has to offer on living a more conscious and abundant life. But before we get into the interview, let's do the review of the week. This week's review comes from KT underscore cart and she said, great motivation, five stars. Someone who has recently decided to make changes in my life, I'm constantly in need of inspiration slash motivation to stay on track. This is a great podcast for that. It addresses some issues that I've had as well as some of the goals that I have and I really appreciate how she stays on topic. Even with anecdotes and advice, it always comes back to the topic at hand. This podcast goes beyond just physical health and fitness but also mental and I'm excited to keep listening. Well, I am super Super grateful for those kind words, Katie. It's just really cool to hear that this show can be a source of motivation and information and empowerment for you and your unique goals because that's been my personal goal from the very beginning. And Katie, you just won yourself a limited edition Grind and Be Grateful t-shirt. So once you hear this episode, go ahead and DM me on Instagram, which is at Marie E. Wold, W-O-L-D, and let me know and I'll get your shirt size and shipping info. But if you are listening right now and you're not Katie Cart, <laughs> then you can get a chance at that 
free shirt at being featured as the interview of the week by leaving the show a rating and a review on iTunes. And then you might just be featured on the show and be a proud new owner of a limited edition Grind and Be Grateful t-shirt that aren't even on sale right now and may never be on sale again. So leaving a review literally takes only one minute, but makes my entire day and enters you to win a t-shirt. So thank you in advance if you do so. All you have to do to leave a review is search the show on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app, find the ratings and review section, and then add your own. This week's show is brought to you by My Ride or Die Supplement Company, PE Science. P-Science has been in my corner for years and years now. Like, I really mean it when I say ride or die. They've supported me through so many different chapters of my fitness journey and just my life in general from college volleyball to bikini competitions to powerlifting to hormone balancing and overall wellness. They have helped me do it all and they have a product for everything. They have a huge variety of super high quality purity guaranteed products, but the ones I use every single day at this point in my journey are the Vegan Select Protein, the Women's True Multivitamin, which is designed for active women, the Symbiont GI Probiotic and Digestive Enzymes, and their Omega-3 Plus Super High Quality Fish Oil. And all of these combined are like my little team of supplement superheroes, and they work together to make sure that I continue to feel amazing, see progress towards my goals, and just maintain my overall health. So if you're looking for a protein powder, for example, I absolutely love their options. And the vegan one is really great for anyone who avoids dairy or just wants a more natural option. It's made from a blend of pea and brown rice protein and it's sweetened with stevia. So you can just feel really good about taking it. And it's delicious. My favorite flavors are the peanut butter delight and the cinnamon delight. And just the best part about PE Science as a whole is that they take product quality and efficacy super, super, super seriously. Like everything is backed by science. Everything is clinically dosed and tested for purity before it even makes it into your hands. And they're one of the few truly trustworthy and honest companies in the supplement industry. And that's one of the reasons I'm just so proud to be a part of their family and proud to have this week's show sponsored by them. So if you want to check out all of the products that I use and love and all the products that PE Science has to offer, you can head to PE Science dot com to start shopping and then to get a 15% off discount just enter code marie at checkout again that's p-e-s-c-i-e-n-c-e-p-e-science.com and the 15% off code is marie thank you again to p-e science for being this week's podcast sponsor and now let's get into the episode Hey, Elise, thank you so, so much for being on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Me too, me too. You guys listening are in for such a treat. And Elise, we have some really soulful, eye-opening, like deep conversations and questions to talk about today. So let's just like go ahead and intro you. I know that our listeners are excited to jump into, but can you tell us about your story, like who you are and what brought you to where you are today and how Raw Alignment came to be? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I'm Elise and I created Raw Alignment, I think about four years ago at this point. And it actually came to be by me just sharing my journey and kind of just documenting myself getting healthier and starting to focus on 
self-care and treating my body and mind kindly in like every way possible. I was kind of in a really, really dark place before jumping in and making a lot of changes, just physically and mentally feeling not like myself. And I knew that wasn't the life I was meant to live. And it took a little bit to get to that like rock bottom point. But once I got there, I was like, heck no, I'm going to change things up. And I kind of kind of went cold turkey with a lot of things and just started sharing on YouTube and Instagram and really everywhere. And Raw Alignment kind of just expanded from there. And now I host retreats around the world. And I really talk a lot more about mindset, mindset shifts and positivity and manifestation. Whereas when I first started, a lot of it was about nutrition and fitness. And I just started to learn very quickly that people have trouble making those changes if they haven't first shifted their mindset. And that was a lot of what I did. So that is the short version. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So yeah, you use the phrase, which I love from rock bottom to rock solid. So can you tell us a little bit more about like, what rock bottom was like for you? I mean, I think there are like commonalities between when people hit rock bottom, but what exactly was like your experience? And then also what like, was there a specific thing that really triggered you to decide to turn things around? Yeah, a good question. It's actually something I don't talk about too much. So everyone listening, you're kind of you're hearing something special. But it's not something really easy to share. I just, I was dealing a lot with my relationship with food before everything happened. And just kind of back and forth with different diets and really hating myself in like every way, shape or form and feeling incredibly insecure and just feeling like I was a slave to food and sugar and alcohol and drugs. And I just, I reached a point where I woke up one morning after like overeating a ton and I just felt so sick and I had to go into work, but my stomach was like so painful, just like protruding. And I made myself throw up. And that was the first time that I had ever done that before. And it was as that was happening that I kind of had this realization like, okay, things have gotten a little bit too far and this isn't the life that I am here to live. Like I'm here for so much more than this. And Mm -hmm. that's when I started to just shift my diet and just kind of let go of a lot of relationships that were unhealthy for me and uh, all the things really. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing like a vulnerable time for you. And I know that there are probably a lot of people that can relate to at least having, you know, food relationship stuff or body image stuff. I know I certainly can. So I know that it's really hard to share those things, but I also know that being vulnerable and like opening up about it can really help a lot of people. So thank you for that. And then, so my next question is at that point where you were like, okay, something needs to change. Like I need to take better care of myself. I need to turn this around. Like what was your first step in terms, like tangible step in terms of how you like ate differently or moved your body differently or like a mindset shift? What was the first thing that like really set you in the right direction? So since the main theme in my struggle was food, the main thing, the first thing that I shifted was my diet. And as I said, I went like cold turkey and had a very black or white mentality. So I went from eating incredibly processed food uh, to like a hardcore whole foods vegan diet. And then very shortly after I started eating raw vegan and 
for me, that was a massive change. And I think the main reason wasn't necessarily like because I went quote unquote vegan, but because I cut out all processed food and was just eating like whole foods, things that were nourishing my body and therefore impacting my mind. So that was that was the first thing. And then I started meditating and I started journaling every single day for six months straight. Like I wouldn't go a day without it. And that was massive for me because I felt so alone in my struggles and in journaling. I always say like, I felt like I found a friend within myself. Like I just Mm. talked through everything. So those are some of the big ones for me. Yeah. I think it's so interesting that you were able to like go cold turkey and make such a big shift when, you know, usually as like a wellness coach myself, I usually tell people like people like make small changes over time, you know, make it a lifestyle. But there are certain cases where like just going, doing a 180 and totally changing everything really works for you. And so do you think that like really going inward and getting to know you was a reason why you were successful, like going that route? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it was way, way more than just the diet shift. It was a lot about figuring out like what wasn't going right for me and what could I cut out of my life. And in cutting those things out, that was allowing more space for things that I really wanted, like healthy relationships and some form of spiritual practice and an exercise routine that felt good. And then like getting clear on what my dreams were instead of kind of just going through the motions because I was in college at the time. So I think going inward was like the main thing and just working on enhancing my mindset and believing that I could instead of kind of believing what others would tell me, which was that I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you started like turning toward abundance and like believing that there was a future self out there was like better than where you are now. So you've come super far in terms of like recognizing and moving toward your highest self, your best self, whatever you want to call it. So for someone who's listening, who like, they might have a glimpse of like what that could mean for them, but they don't really know what the next step would be. They know that a bright, abundant future self might be possible. Can you explain like why it can feel so hard to like turn over a new leaf and just start and like work toward that space? What kind of challenges arise? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the biggest biggest reason it is so difficult to get clear on that vision is because mm. we're not taught to do that. We're yeah. like we're literally taught to just go through the motions and and kind of carry on with this traditional way of living and not question things and I think that is why the initial jump, the initial change is so hard is because literally growing up like with our parents, with our teachers, any mentors that we have as children, the I would say the norm is that we're not being told to question things. And, and I think that we're just, when we're making that change, we're going against everything that we've ever known. And I think that causes a lot of tension and discomfort. And it's like, uh, it's just this big unknown. But once you can work through that, it's so powerful. Hmm. Yeah, you're so right where we grow up and we're kind of told how we fit into this story or this structure that like everyone else is expected to follow in terms of you go to school and then you go to college and then you get a job and like climb that whole ladder and then you buy a house, get married, all those things. And those aren't like bad things to aspire to by any means. Right. But I think it's not great when like all of those expectations are just given to us and forced upon us without us having any sort of like awareness as to what's actually going to be fulfilling and feel good to us, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think 
I don't know. I just so agree with what you said that like none of that is bad. And I think I'm always like, I'm always super careful about the way that I word things because I never want anyone to think that I'm saying the opposite of what I did is bad at all. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's what you said is that like, if you feel tension and you feel discomfort in the life that you're living, then it's worth questioning. But if you don't and you're like super fulfilled and happy, then that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it didn't become like the norm for no reason. Like clearly a lot of people feel fulfilled and like enjoy it. Otherwise it wouldn't be like the standard way, but it's not for everyone. That's for sure. So at what point did you decide that like the standard way or that like cookie cutter mold wasn't for you? And then like once you discovered that, what was your first step in like actually figuring out what you did want? Uh, Okay. So for me, it definitely involves school a lot. So Mm -hmm. I was in school at the time and it's funny because I was actually majoring in health coaching. I was at a very health focused school and was so grateful to be able to study that. But I just... I felt a lot of tension. I think that's the best way to describe it is that I felt like I was doing something that I shouldn't be doing. And I felt like there was more out there. And all of these feelings started to arise when I created Raw Alignment because I had this like side gig, this little passion project that was totally not making any money. It was literally just a hobby, Mm -hmm. but something that I was so passionate about. And going to school didn't feel like it was kind of benefiting raw alignment. It didn't feel like it was supporting me in that endeavor, but it felt like it was taking away. And I think that's where the tension came from and the anxiety. And that was the time that I basically sat with those feelings for, I think, between one and two years. And it was actually, it became really clear to me when my boyfriend at the time started helping me with my online classes. Like, I had four classes and he was helping me with three of them because I was literally having like breakdowns. And yeah, it was at that point when I was like, okay, if he's helping me with this right now, like how can I possibly go through another semester? I have to just cut the cord and do what I want and make the jump. And honestly, wasn't until I heard a mentor at the time tell me and a group of other people that we don't need the approval of anyone else in order to pursue our dreams. And for me, That was it because I was waiting for so long for my parents to basically compromise with me or approve of my dreams. Mm -hmm. And they just weren't like in their perspective, college was my foundation to success and they were not budging. And I was just waiting and waiting and trying. And in hearing that line, that was all that I needed to just go for it. You were kind of like waiting for permission. Yeah. Okay. Got it. That is like so common. And I can definitely relate to that because once I finished college, I was offered like a full-time job and my parents thought that I was crazy for not taking it and like going off and doing my own thing. But it's just, especially for people like in generations older than us, there weren't the opportunities that there are now. So it's so hard for them to understand. And it's not something that we can like hold against them. But it's also something to keep in mind where like you can't wait for permission from people, especially if they don't really understand what is in front of you. Yeah, for sure. I think that's so true. Is that like, I 100% understand how my parents at the time were like, no way that's, that's not going to lead to success. And looking back now, I know that they they only cared about my happiness and my safety and stability. And I literally had to prepare myself to be like disowned by them. Because 
that's kind of the way that they made it out to seem is that Mm -hmm. if I was to take another route, like we're not going to be here for you. And yeah, it like sounds harsh to say now because now they support me wholeheartedly, but I had to prepare myself for that. And luckily they didn't fully disown me, but they did cut me off financially. So I was on my own in that regard, but it just honestly led to so much empowerment. Yeah. And so at that point when they kind of like put out an ultimatum for you, you were forced to like get really clear on why you wanted to do what you're going to do and like really go inward again and figure out if this was the right move, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I just knew it like there was no turning back. Honestly, once my mentor said that I don't need the approval, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't Mm -hmm. like I'm going to go for it. And hopefully they will come around. Yeah. So then once you were at that point and you made the decision, how did you like how did you set goals and how did you start the process of manifesting where you wanted to go? So I was pretty clear on what I wanted before I dropped out of school, I knew that I really wanted to move to Hawaii. And I just had this vision of like having dreadlocks in my hair and living out of a van. I just thought that it would be the coolest thing. And so I had that vision and I would see that in my mind often. Like every time I felt anxious or unhappy, I would see that and be like, that's where I want to be. And so I had that and then I dropped out of school and basically got a one-way ticket to Hawaii and sold everything that I had. And I didn't have any, any real business goals. It was just like, I still had that vision. And then it wasn't until I achieved that vision and was living that, that I was then kind of forced to stop and look and be like, okay, so I have this. And I thought that was like a five-year goal, but I have this now, like what's next? Mm -hmm. And that's that's where I started getting clear on what I wanted from there. Okay, cool. And so one thing that you're super passionate about is manifestation and an abundance mindset. So let's talk about those because I think that with your whole path, like those have obviously been central to how you've gotten where you are now. And that's something that you talk about a lot on social and in your content. So tell us about like the importance of an abundance mindset, like start at the beginning. What does that even mean? Because if someone's never heard of it, they probably have no idea. So what is an abundance (laughs) mindset? And like, how has that impacted your path? Okay, so for me, the abundance mindset really came up a few years ago. It wasn't until I was already in Hawaii for maybe six months or so. And I read the book, You're a Badass. Mm, yeah. And yeah, it kind of had me check myself on what stories I was telling myself yes. surrounding everything in life. But specifically money was the one that really had me take a step back because I was on food stamps at the time in Hawaii, living out of a van. And I remember thinking that I wished money didn't exist. Like I wished that we had a barter system instead. And so I read this book and it basically had me question like and look at what I was telling myself around money and how that directly related to how money was showing up in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I basically set these two intentions to say every single day or these two affirmations rather that life is easier and more fun with an abundance of money. And the reason that I chose that one was because I was turning down opportunities to do, thing around the, do things around the island. And 
and go on adventures because I felt like I didn't have enough money for gas or anything really. And so I chose that affirmation because I wanted to truly believe that life is more fun and I can do more things and I can impact the world in a bigger way with an abundance of money rather than lack of money. Mm -hmm. And the other one was I'm worthy of living in abundance. And that both of those kind of just helped me reprogram my lack mindset, like wanting there to not be money and therefore repelling money from me. So that was kind of the initial start of the abundance mindset for me. And it's really just kind of taken a form with all aspects of life, not just money, but I'm worthy of living in abundance and having abundant, healthy relationships. And I've basically just questioned and still question on occasion, like what does an abundant, fulfilling relationship look like for me? What does an abundant, fulfilling, healthy body look like for me? Basically just looking at every single aspect of life and questioning like what is the optimal in this area? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people have a misconception about like practicing abundance and abundance mindset and think that like it means that you always want more but it's actually the opposite it's like a lack mindset is when you focus on what you don't have and an abundance mindset is focusing on what is coming to you but like also appreciating what you already have so can you explain the difference between a lack mindset and an abundance mindset uh yes totally I love that you just said that because Another key thing in my life is living simply and living with not too many belongings. And I think a lot of people started to question, like, how does that work with an abundance mindset? And it's just exactly what you just said is, I'm so grateful for all that I have. And I see the abundance around me, even if it's not heaps and heaps of material belongings, whereas someone could live in a mansion and have all of the physical things they could ever imagine, but still feel like they don't have enough. And I think that's the main difference. That is a lack mindset is feeling like there's never enough, things aren't good enough. Whereas abundance mindset is like all is well, and there's always more coming to me. Mm, Yeah, that was so simply put, because I think this whole conversation can be as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. And the simpler it is, the easier it is for someone to understand, especially if it's a new concept to them. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So let's talk a little bit more about minimalism. Like, have you always been interested in that lifestyle, that mindset, or how did it come to be for you? Um, So minimalism is definitely not something I practiced always. And for anyone who doesn't know, um, to me, minimalism really just means living simply and only having things that add value. So not just material items, although I think that's the main way that most people think of minimalism, but also in regards to relationships, not having heaps of relationships that are not adding value to my life. So really just cutting out the clutter in every way, shape or form. And it really started for me, actually, when I was getting ready to leave and move to Hawaii, I just started selling everything. And I followed I followed this girl on YouTube who I'm now friends with. Her name's Brittany Taylor. And it was just so inspiring to see her live with like hardly any physical items. And so that's how I first got inspired by it. And I just started getting rid of everything. And I started to feel so free and so mentally clear with less belongings, less like decisions to make like, oh, what should I wear today? It's like when you have less clothes, it's way more simple and it takes less thought and energy 
so that's how it all started for me. And I definitely ebb and flow through like phases and seasons of life where I attract more things. And then I kind of go through like a purge phase where I get rid of. Okay, cool. And when you started your journey of like selling all your things and really adopting more of a minimalist mindset, do you think that that was kind of triggered by the fact that you were letting go of a lot of things mentally as well, like letting go of expectations of other people and letting go of just everything that you were leaving behind? Do you think that that was related? Yeah, definitely. I think the two went hand in hand because I stopped feeling like I had to have all of these clothes or all of this makeup because I stopped wearing makeup around the same time. And I stopped feeling like I had to prove anything to anyone and kind of just started living on my own terms for the first time in my life. Mm, Yeah, that's so powerful just to own what you already have and like make the most of what you already have and not just in a physical sense, in the sense of like who you are and what you have inside of you. Yeah, absolutely. I will say though, after, so I moved from Hawaii to Colorado about six months ago. Mm -hmm. And it's, I would say it's definitely easier in a place where everyone rocks their natural face and everyone wears super casual clothes or like bikinis. It's like definitely easier to, to kind of pursue that simple way of living. Um, But now that I'm like, kind of in the outskirts of Denver, Colorado, I definitely noticed that it's it's harder and there's more temptation to like have things that other people have or like tune into what's trending. So I don't know, it's just interesting like how it was so easy for me for a few years and now I feel like I can relate more to like the standard American like what I say on the mainland. It's definitely not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would like why do you think that people feel the need to like have so many belongings. I'm definitely guilty of this. Like I have a hard time letting go of things. I collect things really easily. So why do you think that that is so common? And then like, why do you, yeah, just why do you think that that's so common? Uh, I think it's so common because, well, one, social media is like literally designed to have us compare ourselves to other people. Mm. And I think the more time we spend on social media and the more time we tune into like what's trending or what's getting the views, it's like when we, when we like let ourselves get sucked into all of that, it really can change, change our like consumer habits and what we're purchasing and just really lead us to want to, I don't even know, fit in in that way, but also like Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's so true. And I think one of the easiest places to identify this is in clothing because clothing trends like move so fast and it's so easy to join into a trend in that way. And so I have noticed that like the more I allow myself to be sucked into trends, the more, first of all, I lose my sense of personal style because I'm just like buying whatever everyone else is buying and like says that I should be buying. And second of all, like I just accumulate so much stuff that I can't even use. And then it just ends up being this like weight on me. You know what I mean? Like I know I'll have to get rid of it eventually. So it just kind of is this like it builds into kind of like a cloud, I guess, that's just shadowing your joy. I don't know. Like that sounds kind of crazy, but it's so true. If you just have an overabundance of things that you know aren't serving you, it brings you down. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that it impacts my mental state and like ability to creatively express myself so heavily. So with all that being said, like 
clearly minimalism has so many benefits and not just physically, but also mentally. So what are some easy ways that people can adopt it into their lives? Because like I said, with, you know, the standard American lifestyle and mindset, like it can be extremely difficult, but what are some easy steps that like anyone could take? Yeah, good question. Okay, so there's kind of this like routine that I use when I declutter. And so I sort things into four piles. Pile one is basically the items that you're like madly in love with, you wear them extremely often, and you have no desire to let go of them. Pile two is things that you for sure are ready to let go of. You just look at it and you're like, yeah, I've kind of been ready to let this go for a while. And then pile three are things that you're maybe not so sure about and you kind of don't want them anymore, but you're not so sure. And you're going to put those in a box for 30 days. And if you don't use them within 30 days, then they go into the donate or sell pile. So pile one is for sure keep. Pile two is for sure get rid of and you'll split that into two piles for donate or sell mm-hmm. depending on like the quality of it and the value of it and then your your fourth pile will be the one that you store away and you can go through that with like every room in your house every drawer in your dresser like everything and yeah i just i love going through it in that way i feel like it's super easy to follow and it's definitely effective mm-hmm. yeah that sounds like it would work so well for me because whenever i try to clean up my closet i'm like mm. But what if like this one thing comes up, then I'll wear it. And then I just never do. And also when I I've moved twice in the last two years and things just end up being in boxes and then the boxes never get unpacked. And I still have like two boxes in my hallway closet that I don't even know what's in there. Like clearly whatever's in there, I haven't missed. So it can definitely go. But it's just funny how we get so attached to these things that really aren't adding any value in our lives. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So going back to manifestation, because that's something that you really talk about a lot and like really believe in. Can you just break down the concept of it and how you've seen it play out in your life? Yeah, definitely. I love talking manifestation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I would say that to me, manifestation is really feeling and believing in what I want to attract into my life. So Let's say, for example, it is like a new friend (laughs) and I want to attract this new person into my life. So basically through visualizing that I am already friends with this person rather than like, oh, I want to be friends with this person, but visualizing and like truly believing and saying I'm already friends with this person and like picturing what we do together when we hang out, like, are we going out to eat? Are we making vision boards? Like getting super clear on what the future looks like spending time with this person. I would say that's that's kind of like the core of how I believe that I manifest things is just feeling and believing it into existence, but not feeling like it's years away or it's so hard to make it happen, but kind of more so on the line of, I believe that it has already happened in the future. And I just need to like align my current energy with the energy of that manifestation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you say align my energy with the energy of that manifestation, I think that aspect of it kind of scares people away because they're like, I don't understand what you mean. Like (laughs) my energy is like, it is what it is, you know? And so can you explain like there is scientific backing as to like why manifestation works? So can you explain what that is? 
Yeah, absolutely. I actually haven't dove hardcore into the science behind it. But in regards to what you just said, I totally agree. And like years ago, I would have heard heard that about energy and been like, what what the heck does that mean? And to me, that means like, if I want to attract this new friend into my life, but I'm coming at that want from a place of lack, like, oh, I'm so sorry for myself. Like I don't have any good friends in my life. And I'm feeling like very low frequency, like low energy, like just bummed out and negative And like, I'm just lacking. That's a totally different state of being. I guess maybe those words will be easier to mm-hmm. digest state of being than the future state of being when I'm friends with this person and I feel so fulfilled and we like have deep, meaningful conversations and we have so much fun together and I'm like elevated and positive and happy. So those states of being have to align in order to attract and manifest something into your life. Right. Okay. Yeah. So something that is common and more mainstream is like, let's say you want your future like romantic partner to be a certain way. Like people are encouraged to become the type of person that they would want to date. Right. So it's kind of the same thing as where you need to rise to whatever like standard or expectation or desire that you have. Like you need to meet that. And manifestation is just kind of taking that into the next level, like outside of just the physical concrete level to how to your state of being like your energetic level and so it's more so just like becoming and acting as if whatever you want to attract has already happened and I think one of the big misconceptions with manifestation is that it's just like sitting back and hoping that something is Mm going to happen when in reality like it's kind of a ongoing action of acting as if it will happen or as if it has already happened I should say and that is what actually attracts whatever you're manifesting it's not just like sitting back and hoping like it's not the same thing as hoping and wishing yeah absolutely I think that is so key what you just said it's not just like I would love to have this in my life Mm -hmm. let me twiddle my thumbs and like hope that it manifests I think that manifestation in a way kind of takes a little bit of effort and takes a little bit of work and concentration so yeah yes to everything you right yeah like it's an ongoing practice and it has to be intentional. So do you have like a daily go-to practice? I think you mentioned this earlier, like journaling and manifesting is, was a go-to everyday thing for six months. And do you still do it daily? And what does that look like? Good question. I definitely don't intentionally, yeah, try to do that every single day. I think I ebb and flow through that just as I do with like less belongings, more belongings. And for me, it's kind of like I ebb and flow according to how I'm feeling. Like if I'm feeling incredibly happy in the moment and like all is well, I don't really take as much time and energy into practices like that. Although I can only imagine how beneficial it would be if I did. But it's more so in the states where I'm like slightly confused on what I'm wanting or I'm feeling slightly unfulfilled, I'll turn to visualization and getting clear on what I want in life and then really try to level up my energy in that way. But for me, a lot of the times it comes through positive affirmations. So I'll affirm that I have something. For example, if I so I want to move back to Hawaii and I would move I would say the positive affirmation like 
I am so grateful for my beautiful space here in Hawaii. And I would get crystal clear on what the space looks like. And it's kind of crazy, actually. Um, about a year or so ago, I was journaling and basically wrote down everything that I wanted in a home. Like I wanted to hear the ocean and feel like the breeze from the palm trees outside of my window. And I, I like wrote the nitty gritty details of what my house would look like. And, and then I rewrote that whole list in the present tense as if I already had it. I'm so grateful for this. I'm so grateful for that. And I would read it out loud and in my mind multiple times throughout the day for like a month. And I kid you not, the home that I moved into like a few weeks after that was insanely identical mm. to everything that I was saying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was going to ask you like for some <laughs> concrete examples. Cause again, this is kind of one of those things where people are like, I don't believe it. This sounds, <laughs> this sounds like woo woo yeah. and just a little out there. Like, yeah. I don't think that it's true, but you literally did that. Like you made it happen. And I think talking about like the details is so important because it's so easy to be like, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's kind of like how people say horoscopes are like really general and they could apply to everyone. But if you are getting so specific <laughs> about what you want and you are being really clear about the details, there's no denying it. And I know that a lot of people that are like proponents of manifestation, they'll say like manifest a purple hippo coming into your life, like something that's really obscure. <laughs> and then somehow, some yeah. way it happens. And that's when like people become true believers. So do you have any other examples of when it's came true for you? Uh, good question. Well, first, I just really want to say that that we're constantly manifesting, mm -hmm. like we're always in a state of manifesting. And I think that can be a bridge to help a lot of people understand how it all works. It's like, I think for me, the difference in like being proactive about it is that I'm thinking things that I want in the future versus concentrating so much on how my present reality is. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people like look at me funny for doing that. And they're like, yo, like that's not your reality right now. And I'm like, but it's going to be and like it is in the future. And I think that is the main difference is that like we're always manifesting. I'm manifesting my my current physique right now. I'm manifesting my health by the way that I'm currently thinking about how I look and how I feel and all of these things. And the difference in like being proactive about manifesting new things is literally just the simple difference of shifting focus from what's currently going on in life to being in like a daydream state. Like what do I want to happen mm -hmm. in life? Okay, so back to a concrete example. Let me think about that. Well, okay, so one example, in addition to the home, because I think the homes for me are like the most concrete mm -hmm. examples, and it's happened with like multiple homes now. But another example is a few years ago, I visualized having a new website and I like visualized exactly what it would look like and just felt very clear on what I wanted. And eventually in time, I somehow linked up with, with a team who ended up bringing that to reality. And I feel like some people could say like, well, it just happened. Like that's not manifestation. But I think the important thing is that I was crystal clear on what I wanted it to look like. And now it looks identical to that. 
with very little design input mm. on my end. Yeah, like you got so clear on it and decided that that was near future and that just set things in motion, even if you weren't conscious about it. Like you said, that was years ago and it's like just now kind of coming to life, right? Like you just got a new website, but it's been in the works somehow, some way for a long time. So one concrete example for me with manifestation is before I moved to Hawaii, before I dropped everything, when I was still kind of like in the state of having these dreams, I used to watch this YouTuber, actually multiple YouTubers who lived in Hawaii. And I just kind of pictured myself being best friends with them. And not in like a creepy way, but I would watch their videos and I was like in school in my little apartment in Georgia. And I just felt like we were meant to be friends. And when I moved to Hawaii, I just kind of like saw them and met them and became friends with them. And it felt so far out of reach when I was just watching them on my screen. And like, they had hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And I was just like this little girl who just had these dreams. And now we're extremely close and we're friends. And it's almost like every single time I spend time with them in person, I think back to that moment of like, wow, I literally wanted to be friends with them and just really felt that it was true that we were going to be. And I just kind of get like goosebumps mm -hmm. almost because it felt so it felt so right before mm. it happened. And I think that's a good example. Yeah. yeah, I can actually relate to that. A lot of the friends I have now, I had a similar experience to where I followed them. But like, there was really no reason why our paths would cross. But I just knew that we would get along so well if they ever did. And sure enough, like a lot of my best friends now, when we eventually did meet or like I slid into their DMs or whatever it took, like, we yeah. are now yeah. great friends, like all of my best friends, it was kind of something similar. So I can totally attest to that. But for people listening who are like, how can I manifest if I don't even know what I want? Like, what was your process of getting clear on what you want, either in your career or in your surroundings or anything like that? Good question. So I've really kind of gotten, I don't know, really gotten more detailed with this system, I guess you could call it that I use. And essentially, I'll open up a notebook and I will write out various aspects of life. So I'll write out relationships and my personal health, physical and mental. Um, I'll write out my home and my career and my spiritual practice and like basically every aspect of life that you can think of and you can get super detailed with it and basically just let yourself daydream without having any limiting beliefs holding you back without thinking like, oh no, I could never do that. And really just dream of what the ideal would be in each of those aspects of life and get so incredibly detailed. Like I was sharing about the house previously, like what color are the walls? What does the kitchen look like? Like in regards to your relationships, how often do you spend time together? What do you do together? Like what color is the person's eyes? Like get so crystal clear and then rewrite those paragraphs into into bullet points and write them in the present tense. Like I was sharing, I'm so grateful for this. Another thing that I do to really get clear on the vision and actually bring things into reality is after I have the list of things in the present tense, I'll write a list of my limiting beliefs that I still have. Like, oh, I could never attract that person into my life because I'm not exciting enough or I could never have a successful business because I'm too young or I don't have 
I didn't finish like a college degree. And I'll basically write out all of the beliefs that are holding me back and then cross those out and re and write a positive Mm -hmm. truth. So write a positive affirmation and kind of just build myself up. So that's like the short version version of my practice. Yeah. So with that being said, and like with that balance in mind of like vision casting and creating a future that you want to live versus recognizing what your limiting beliefs are now, how much time would you say you spend like in the future and manifesting the future versus in the present and like analyzing what's right and what's wrong or like what feels right and what doesn't feel right in your current reality? Wow, I've never (laughs) been asked that before, but that's such a good question. Okay, well... I'm just thinking for some reason of like what the people who know me in real life would probably answer Mm. with that. And I think that most people would say I spend the majority of my time, like, not to say that I'm not in the present moment, but I spend a lot of time thinking about the what if and dreaming big. So I'm not sure about a percentage, but I definitely strive to be in the present moment and be incredibly grateful for all that I am experiencing now because I know that state of gratitude is going to be attracting more good Mm -hmm. into my life. But I can say one thing for sure is that I never, ever, ever think about the past. Mm. Yeah. So why is that? Why would that hold you back? I feel like the past is irrelevant and it just, it's like a moment in time that we can never visit again. So spending our time there is just, it's not moving the needle forward. And I think there's so much, so much good in the present moment and in regards to the future, like dreaming of what we want. But to me, the past just doesn't, I was going to say it doesn't hold value, but that sounds incredibly (laughs) harsh. The past is incredible, but I just, I kind of leave it as is because I can't revisit it or change it. So tell me more about how you can balance like being present and being mindful and enjoying what's currently what your current reality is while also like wanting and manifesting so much more like that sounds like a really delicate balance. And how have you been able to strike that? Yeah, definitely a delicate balance. I think something that helps me with that is kind of recognizing that I will never be presently living my dream life if I'm constantly wanting more and not happy with Mm -hmm. what I have. Because I feel like that's kind of a state of lack. It's a state of like longing for more, constantly wanting something else and not being happy with what's already here. So I like to think that I am living my dream life right now. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm so grateful for all that there is. So for me, the easiest way that I can stay grounded in this moment is to just appreciate it for what it is. And yeah, to kind of just pull myself a little bit back from wanting and dreaming and just be here yeah, right now. Yeah. Oh, I think that's such a good thing to like get really clear on though because with manifestation it's it can be easy to just get really swept into the future and focus so much about like the future that you want to create that you forget about what's already in front of you and like how awesome your current life is. And so there's such a difference between like destination happiness when you're like, I'll be happy when I achieve this or I have this or I live here versus like knowing that what you have is enough, but more good is coming to you, I think is how you worded it earlier. 
Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, that just comes full circle to what we were talking about earlier with the lack mindset of like not feeling like there's ever enough and then abundant mindset of just like everything is great as Mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. Oh, I love all this manifestation talk. But before we wrap up, I want to hear about your tribe because that's something that is really special to you. That's something that you have done an incredible job at building. Like you just have a very active, tight knit tribe. So how has that kind of grown and become what it is today? Ah, my tribe. (laughs) So it originally grew from a few viral videos that I had on YouTube. So a lot of my community is really interested in alternative living because the videos that I had went viral were about brushing my dreadlocks out and not wearing Mm. a bra. And so there were like, yeah, tons of tons of people flooding into my community, which was so small at the time um, from those videos. And so, um, yeah, everyone's really in love with alternative living and just like taking a different path and really honoring ourselves for where we're at and very health focused. And, and yeah, a lot of them are now interested in learning more about business and mindset because they've just kind of watched my journey. And I think my story has been so long and ongoing that they've just kind of like tuned in and now they're seeing the progress that has been made and they're interested in all of that. So yeah, those are the things that they love. And I think that yeah, I answered your yeah, question. Yeah, that's awesome. So this one was kind of fun. My podcast manager, Kelsey, actually came up with this question and I loved it. She said, if you could envision your tribe, like the raw alignment tribe as people like living on an island together or a literal tribe of people and someone like came upon you guys, what would you hope that that person, like that newcomer would find? Like how would they feel? How would the people be acting? Like what would they take from that experience of like meeting all of your people? Oh, wow. That's such a good question. The first thing that came to mind when you asked that, I was actually picturing like walking into one of my retreats that I host, but like me as a new person walking in and like, what would I feel? And I think that the first word that comes to mind is just openness, like feeling free and open and not judged or really Mm -hmm. accepted. Yeah, I feel like that actually describes Just like love, acceptance, abundance, of course. Yeah. 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 Mm, Sounds like a good group of people and a tribe that I want to be a part of. So congrats on just like building that and attracting those type of people into your life because that says a lot about who you are and like what you put out into the world too. Yeah. Thank you. Well, this has been so fun chatting. So fun. Yeah. So where can people find you? How can they become part of your tribe? And what sorts of like things can they expect from you? So you can find me basically raw alignment anywhere. My handle's pretty much the same, although my website is raw-alignment.com. And things that I share is a lot of my journey, a lot of the things that I'm going through. So all the seasons of life, the hard times and the happy times. And I may or may not be, uh, gosh, I don't know when this is going to air, but maybe there's not too much overlap with our people, but I haven't announced this to my tribe yet, but I might be moving back into a van. So I'm excited about that. So just a lot of like fun adventures and mindset shifts and business talk and yeah, really a huge variety. Really cool. I need to introduce you to one of my friends who lives the van life too. 
sweet for yeah. sure yeah awesome so that's where people can find you guys go tell elise thank you for being on the show and send her love but elise before we go there's one last question and that's because oh yeah this is the grind and be grateful podcast so we've got to know what is one thing that you're currently grinding toward and what is one thing that you are hugely grateful for um okay so i'm currently grinding towards having a raw alignment festival in 2020. Oh my gosh. Fun. Yes. And I'm currently grateful for this warm day in Colorado and not having to be entirely bundled up. (laughs) (laughs) It's harder to be a minimalist when you have to wear so many layers, right? Oh, yes. All right. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the show. Again, you guys go send Elise some love. Tell her that I sent you and just show her all the love and how awesome this tribe is as well. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a joy to be here. (laughs) Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast today. I'm super happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it, whether it's texting it to your friend, linking it on Twitter, or posting a screenshot on your Instagram story. It is all super appreciated. And please leave a show review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. This show is for you, so your feedback matters. Plus, it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women everywhere to become their very best selves. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind to be grateful, my friends. Bye.